Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NFL Combine has come and gone, which means the draft is in April. Free agency is going to start on March the 15th as well. If you want to place a bet on any of the NFL action, even off the field, BetOnline.ag is the place to do it. 365, 24-7, whatever sport, whatever time. Make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, Pittsburgh Steelers scout, two-time Super Bowl champion, and 12-year veteran of the team, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, fresh off the NFL combine. It's been too many moons since I've seen your face. I've got to ask, Ike, welcome back, but how is Indianapolis? It's good to see you this morning, my man. It was good. A different experience um obviously i've never been invited to the combine i wasn't that good coming out of college uh, a lot of people say but at the same time just to see the guys perform not only in the drills but for me it's the big men running um i like to see the offensive line and defensive line i like to see them guys run i like to see them move because you know how i feel about football football is like building a house your foundation got to be sturdy but it was just very impressive to me mark to see how athletic the big guys were at the combine I, I swear to you, it seemed like this year everyone stood out. And if you showed up out of shape, that was more of an outlier. They've gotten this thing down to a science, the size and speed of a lot of these prospects in the readiness. I, I think this year might have been the best ever when you're looking a lot of the times where it's just like, if you're not running a 4-4 four, four or 4-5 four, in your skill position player, you're considered slow as molasses at this point. And uh, Ike... What did the Steelers have you doing while you were there? I have so many questions. I want to leave this a little bit open-ended and then we can get into specifics. Uh, So, like, to be specific, Mark, it was more of the guys you watched and graded. Um, You just got to see them and talk to them in person. You, I got to actually see their movements um, from a cornerback safety position, um, even from an offensive line running back position as well for so for me it's more getting to know the kid as much as you can in a short amount of time uh with the interviews but just to see him live in person uh to see the agility part um that was that was fascinating to me like i think the that process is probably even more integral than i want people to understand this right like the combine is one part of the entire evaluation so Jordan Addison, a player we'll talk a little bit later in today's show about a uh, former college teammate at Pitt with Kenny Pickett. He runs a four five five at one point in the 40 and people are freaking out on Twitter. And it's just like, look, the difference between a four, four and a four, five is very marginal in the 40 yard dash. But uh, that's one part of an entire evaluation, the character, how a player will develop his age what he's shown on film, what he was required to do, what his college production is. There's a lot of things that go into it. The combine, someone can be very impressive. 
We've seen a lot of players like down through the years run, say, a 4-2 or a 4-3-40, and they don't run them out much uh, in the NFL in terms of their ability as players. So use that as one component of your evaluation, not the entire evaluation. I mean, the 40 is why people watch uh, the combine, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. But to speak on Addison, he's silky smooth as a route runner. So, yeah, you can look at the 4-5. They looked at Jerry Rice as a 4-5, 4-6. Jerry Rice down there played 20 years in the league. Um, Antonio Brown coming out at the combine, he ran a 4-5 as well. Antonio was probably the best the best in the league for a six-year run. I'm t- I'm, and I'm talking over quarterbacks and everything. So mm-hmm. you can only look at the 4-5 um, as a number. Um, I know you want your guys, your speed guys, your outside of perimeter guys to run. Four fours, four threes. Uh, DJ turning the cornerback from from Michigan. He ran a four two six, but ain't nobody, ain't too many people going to do that. So for me, for Addison, um, okay, he ran a four five. Let me see what his routes looks like, and his routes just looking <laughs> silky smooth. So for me, he made himself. He had himself a good day. What you saw on tape, what I saw on tape from Addison was the same thing I saw in person. Him being a smooth route running, getting in and out of the breaks, and have hands. Would like to see the Steelers maybe use one of their picks. They got three in the top 49 for a guy like Addison. Ike, I'm going to list a few players. You can interrupt at any point, um, but a few standouts that I saw. Christian Gonzalez, the Oregon corner, a 4-3-8 in the 40. Very explosive. 41 and a half inches on his vertical jump. 11, 11 feet in his broad jump. I thought he showed out. I'm not sure he's going to be there at number 17 cornerback position to need for the Steelers. Everyone's going to make a big deal about Bryce Young and his size comparable to Kyler Murray. We mentioned Kyler Murray, the Drew Brees, the Russell Wilsons of the world, quarterback six foot and under. Remember, all those guys I just named are the exception, not the norm when it comes to the size required at the quarterback position. Even though the league rules have changed to protect quarterbacks, how about Anthony Richards and Ike? And this is where I got to give you your flowers. And you said he was going to absolutely ball out. He's 240 plus pounds. He's running a 4-4-4-40, and his vertical leap is high as any quarterback we've ever seen. You say, Mark, what does a vertical leap matter for a quarterback position? If he goes to the right system and the right offense coordinator that can get him in space, force defenses to play 11-on-11, Ike, he's going to be special. You said this before the draft, Ike, and it was just like this was one player who after the combine this weekend – his stock has just continued to rise. I'd be shocked if he doesn't go top 10. Uh, I've got a few more, Ike, but go ahead and hop in with the players I just named. Yeah, AR. Um, AR just a different, he a different dude. Uh, to see him in person, uh, well put together, good attitude. Uh, he got that flick of the wrist. What I mean by flick of the wrist, he can throw that thing 70 yards without even using his arm. He's just flicking that wrist. Uh, it, it, everything from a quarterback position for AR just looks so effortless, Mark. So that was very impressive. So what impressed me was it wasn't the deep ball because I knew he had a strong arm. It was the finesse in the intermediate routes, not throwing the ball hard every time with the swing routes, running backs coming out the backfield, uh, with the pivot routes, with the receivers going going across, then coming back. So that's 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 what I looked at. Um, the anticipation, uh, throwing your receiver open, not, the receivers not having to run out of stride. They catching the ball in stride. So for me, that was that would what it was to impress me about AR, AR just, and then you just add the 41 and you add the 444 at 244 on his way in. It's like, all right, man, this dude, this dude all the way different. So um, athletically wise between him and Christian Gonzalez, uh, super freakish 
athletes and they just displayed it in front of the world on um, why we're talking about them now on shows across America. All right, I'm going to list another player who we've mentioned here on the Believe It Steelers show before. Darnell Washington out of Georgia was absolutely insane. He had the third fastest short shuttle in the entire combine. The only yeah. two faster, Jackson Smith and the Jigbot of Ohio State, Julius Brents out of Kansas State. And this guy is six foot seven, 264. We saw it all season long to where he wasn't even George's number one tight end because Brock Bauer still has one more season of eligibility before he can even come out of the draft. But Washington, he can run through you. He can block. He can run around you. He can jump over you. And like, I'm looking at the tape from the combine and I've seen one clip like where he snags the ball out of the air as if he's catching a tennis ball, not a football with the size of his hands. And then I see him moving the blocking sled and it's just like, he makes it look so much easy. And then I see the other tight ends that are also participating in the combine that are struggling to move the thing five yards. Man, I, I, I don't think the Steelers will go here. But if you paired him with Pat Fryermuth, the matchup nightmares that you would call, create for opposing defensive coordinators, it got my wheels spinning. And I would just hate to see a player like Darnell Washington go to another team in the AFC North because that guy is a special, special athlete. Here we go. Another freakish athlete, an, another 6'7", 270 guy who runs short shuttles faster, faster than guys my size, the 180 size. So that's just letting you know how fast he's coming in and out the brakes. For me, when you say a short shuttle, that means how quick can you move in and out your brakes? And basically, he's unguardable. So you can be on him as soon as he come out his brakes, he's a step or two ahead of you that's but it's just so impressive because he's six seven two seventy um the blocking wise that's always a want to um and if you have been watching georgia yeah he's been mostly there blocking tight end they pass to him when they need to because they have a stud on the other side at georgia he probably gonna be a first round draft pick in the class of 2024 mm-hmm. as well but it's, it's just like i say mark for me it was the big guys moving and how athletic the big guys was whether they offensive alignment defense alignment, the tight ends. It was just very impressive to see how them guys move effortlessly. Like Washington's going to serve as an extension of any offensive line as well. So it's almost going to be like having a sixth offensive lineman when he's on the field and you need him to run block. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, he's a double threat. Not only I got a tight end who can catch and, and, and be the, the ultimate mismatch on the team, uh, but he, he don't mind blocking as well. So, that's a one-two. That's a one-two punch. Because usually when you talk about tight ends, they do one or the other. Either they're gonna block real well, they can't catch, or they'll run good routes, or either they're gonna run good routes, but they really don't like uh, blocking. For Darnell, he can he can do it all, and it, it, it's just very impressive. I'm, I mean, we're talking about thirty pounds, close enough to three hundred pounds, but a guy who can move like that, man, that's a that's a dual threat because you're too small as a cornerback to check him. You're too small as a safety to check him. And tight end, not tight ends. Linebackers can't run with them, so that's the ultimate mismatch. If you're if you're an offensive coordinator, who would know how to use Darnell Washington? Well put, Ike. We got to keep this thing rolling. So Jalen Carter came back to the combine following his arrest, facing two misdemeanor charges in relation to the January racing crash that 
took the lives of Georgia offensive lineman Devin Willock and team staffer Chandler LaCroix. Ike, I got to say this. So he's due back in court on April the 18th. The draft, the first round is April the 27th in Kansas City. I don't think Carter will fall all the way to 17. But if he's there, the question is, is would the Steelers consider drafting him? If he is there at 17, I think you got to roll the dice and take that chance. It's not to underscore the seriousness of the charges that he faces. They are misdemeanor charges. But if he's there, I and I don't think he will be. But what I'm curious to see is how far does he fall in the draft, considering the news of his arrest, him coming back, and so forth. We'll see how all this plays out. Personal opinion, he's not falling out of the top five. I, I would I would say top three. He's he's just that too good of a talent to slide out of the top five. And, and, and they're not going to let that happen. They, as an organization who – um, above in Pittsburgh still is at number 17. They're not going to let they they're not going to let that young man slide past five, my personal opinion. Wow. Wow. Okay. So again, we'll see how all this shakes out again. April the 18th, he's due back in court for the two misdemeanor charges. We'll see how he pleads and everything. This is going to come back into the news cycle because when this is on NBC nightly news, like when it makes national news, I kind of perk up and pay a little bit more attention. But again, the draft is going to be on the 27th. We'll see how all that shakes out. Carter has maintained that he's going to be exonerated of any wrongdoing and everything too. And he'll need to go to the right organization that can help him transition to make sure that he stays right because he's the type of player, like he's too special not to be on the field. So hopefully he can get right and everything. We'll see how all that shakes out. We got to keep this rolling, Ike, because we got a lot to get to. I know you've got a hard out at 1030 as well. So Joey Porter Jr. speaking at the draft, the corner out of Penn State, speaking about his Steelers connection, Ike. I would absolutely love this pick. We know what Joey Porter, his dad brought to the Steelers organization, one of your teammates. If he's there at a position of need at 17, I think the Steelers are going to be hard-pressed to say, hey, are we really going to pass on someone who is a special talent but also shares a Pittsburgh connection? Born and raised in Wexford, PA. Uh, Joey Porter Jr., Pittsburgh kid. Uh, grew up in the locker room just as well as my son. So when you grow up in the locker room and all you know is playoffs and winning Super Bowls in a short amount of time and how we got there when it comes down to the brotherhood and working out and treating each other uh, just as well as we're going to treat ourselves, caring for each other just as well as we're going to care for ourselves, um, having to understand what it took to take your pride and ego to the side, all for the sake of the team, uh, the work ethic. That's what that's what Joy Porter Jr. grew up on. That's what my son grew up on. That's what my nephews grew up on. So when it comes down to that's still a connection, that's all he knows. You know, Peasy still lives in the in the city of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh embraces Jordan Porter, Porter Sr., his dad. So, you know, it, it's just it's just that connection, Mark. Being born and raised in the city of Pittsburgh, but you just so happen to play football, but yet you come around a time where we was just doing nothing but winning, 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 winning. That's 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 forever memory. So that's the connection. Um, that's the brotherhood. Uh, you become a yinzer, and that's exactly what Joey Porter Jr. is. He's a yinzer. The city has embraced him. He embraced the city, but it's a blue-collar, hard-working city. Ain't nothing fancy about it. All they do is grind, bring the lunchbox to work, and we just gonna we just gonna take care of our family and uh and do what we need to do. And that's what Joey Porter, you know, Jr. did. He came. He came. Uh, he ran his forty. His first time, he liked the second time. I don't think he did like it, but he won't trip him. He's still going to be a top 15 pick. If he slide, he slide. We'll see what Pittsburgh do. But um, just just looking at his tape, watching his tape, 
Uh, I remember him being small. I had to look up to him. He like six two and a half, almost six three. And I was like, damn, JJ. JJ, man, I remember y'all boys just being itty bitty babies. Now y'all boys just towering over me. So it's just good to see kids we saw as kids get in a position to be a first round draft pick. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just like a proud uncle be like, man, I remember when he was like, hey, I watched him grow up. So, Morgan, it's just, I, Shout out to Joy Porter Senior. Shout out to Joy Porter uh, Junior. Um, for just putting yourself in this position. Proud dad, I know uh Joy Porter uh senior is proud on Ike Taylor. Special Ike, and I see the smile on your face too. It, your facial expression tells me everything there, Ike. And you know, I'll I'll read the direct quote he had at the combine says it would mean a lot to my family. Been in the Pittsburgh area a while, staying home would mean a lot. End quote. He's talking about going up against Antonio Brown as a high schooler. Now I know AB probably wasn't going hundred percent, but when you know what the expectation is to be successful at the highest you, level early, early Ike. Yeah. It's just, when you get to college, it's like, man, I just, I'm going against AB arguably at the time was the best player in the NFL mm-hmm. and I'm in high school. So when I get to college, I'm like, y'all cool. I'm, I'm going up against, I'm going up against a future Hall of Famer if they won't put him in up. And we was doing this in training camp damn near every day for the past two years. So how you want my mindset to be when I go to college? Like, ain't none of y'all better than who I've been going against in high school. And this including high school receivers and college receivers. I just so that that does that ain't nothing but a confidence booster when you when you do that. And the fact that he stepped out on the field to do it says a lot about JJ. Like JJ, like. Hey, AB, let me get some of this work, bro. Like, it's cool. I know you're going to smoke, man. I'm, I ain't tripping off of none of that. But at the same time, man, you ain't doing nothing but helping my mentality at the top. And as a cornerback, we all say you got to have a short memory because, you know, sometimes you get the bell, sometimes the bell gets you. You just got to get the bell more times than not. So for me, that's all it was. It was the mentality of Joy uh, Porter Jr. So for him to be going against AB in high school, I can only imagine when he got to college, he was already set mentally. Ike, totally there with you. Jordan Addison, we're going to come back to him really quickly here, telling the Steelers, come get me. And Ike, I'm going to put it this way. The whole college quarterback and receiver thing seemed to work out for the Bengals. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow at LSU also seemed to work out for the team that was in the Super Bowl this year. Oh, the Eagles. When you got Jalen Hurts and his uh, college team at Alabama, Devontae Smith. If they're in a position to get Addison with one of the top three picks, I don't know if they should get Addison right at 17. But if they're in a position to do it, Ike, it seemed to work out for other teams in the league. Take a cue from the other teams that have been successful doing this. And I know it's not a position of need, but if he's best available at a specific slot, and really I'm talking, say, he's there at 32, or if he's even there at 49, which I don't think he will be, you've got to at least consider it because it's been a successful tactic by other teams in the league that have gone to what you're trying to do, and that's gone and win a Super Bowl. They've been really close, both the Bengals and the Eagles. Yeah, I leave that up to Omar, Coach T, and Mr. Art on them decisions. All I can do is great give my opinion on uh, where I think a, a guy should be. But yeah, that's that's the move. Um, if you're a top if you're a top quarterback, I'm damn sure going to get a top receiver if I feel like he's NFL product. And like you say, between the Philadelphia Eagles, they did it. Uh, Joe. 
Joe and Jamar, you see what they're doing over there in Cincinnati. So that's obviously that's been the move, and it's been a good move as well. So we 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 shall see, but that's way above my pay grade. I got you, Ike. I got you, Ike. And I'll say this too, just looking at the Steelers receiver group, I know you say, well, okay, you gave Deontay Johnson a huge contract extension before last season. You just got George Pickens in the draft. We really don't know what we have in Calvin Austin the third yet because he hasn't played yet due to injury. So that's where that opportunity lies is really for me, that third receiver where you know what you got in Deontay, you know what you got in George Pickens. But that to me where it's like, well, you know, the Steelers have other positions of need, but if he's best available at that slot, it's something you at least have to consider. Because like, I remember we had vigorous debate, vigorous debate seasons ago when it was like, well, should the Bengals have drafted Panay Sewell instead of Jamar Chase at number five a few years back in the draft? And again, you know, I don't think the Bengals have regretted that decision in drafting Jamar Chase. I'm not saying Jordan Addison's going to be Jamar Chase. That's not what I'm saying. Sure. What I'm saying is that connection with the college teammates, you get a high-flying explosive offense that can light up a scoreboard. That's what I'm talking about, Ike. I mean, between the Cincinnati Bengals, that that confrontation, you and I, not confrontation, but just the what we was talking about between Panay and Jamar, you couldn't lose either one of them. If you look at what Panay is doing, Panay is the personality of the Detroit Lions when it comes down to the offensive line. When you when you see what Jamar Chase is doing, he just He's somewhere else. Um, that's a that's a that's an alien before George, George Pickens. So you couldn't lose between them two, Mark. I mean, them them two, and that and that's that's the fun thing about us being in this media. You and I can can differ on on what they what we think teams should do, but but at the same time, be right about both topics. So, Ike, we've got one time for one question on what Yins think. I want to make sure I get you out of here as we're up against time here. James Fetcho writes in, I do wonder why we look over some players on what they did on the field and only focus at their numbers on the combine. It kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. The combine to me is one component of a full evaluation. How do they look on film with their college team? What were their roles and responsibilities for their college team? How do they look during a lot of the college football all-star games, whether it's the Senior Bowl, the Hula Bowl, the Shriners Bowl? What do they look like at their pro day? Are they in shape? Have they improved upon their times? Or have they gotten better or maintained themselves between the combine and the pro days? For me, the combine is one facet of the evaluation. So that to answer James' questions, that's how I'd answer that. Yeah, you just want to see the maturity from the time they leave college to the time leading up to the draft. Basically, to sum it up in a nutshell, that's what you want to see. You want to see... The ball games, how they how they interact with different other athletes, other coaches, new system, NFL coaches at the Senior Bowl. You want to see are they prepared when it comes down to keeping their body in shape to get ready for the forty. You want to see how they interact with other kids at the combine, whether they're waiting to get interviewed or not. You want to see how they respond to interviews and certain questions. So for me, I I just think overall it's the maturity part between the time they leaving. Uh, college to the time is up to the draft on how these guys grow and you got to grow fast mentally because you only got a couple of months let's say five months to persuade a team to draft you um I don't know where but to persuade an organization to draft you and why so you 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 got to grow up like a wild animal out in the out out in the woods you got to grow up fast mom ain't got time to be to be pacified pacifying you and baby you so um, that's 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 how I would look at it, Mark. To sum it up, 
it's the maturity part uh, leading up to the draft coming out of college. All right, Ike, really quickly, Derek Carr is going to sign with the Saints. Geno Smith has re-upped with the Seahawks. Quarterback carousel well underway, so you've got, you know, who do the Colts, the Texans, the Jets, the Panthers, the Falcons, and Raiders all lined up with. Aaron Rodgers, is he going to leave Green Bay? I've heard some rumors that Tom Brady could come back and come out of retirement again. So the quarterback carousel well underway. March 15th, free agency officially starts 1 o'clock Eastern time on March the 15th, Ike. So excited to see that. But I want to wrap today's show, Ike. Boss man, just, just hit me. Yes. I want to wrap today's show, and we only need one answer from you. If you had one teammate that could be the host of SNL, Travis Kelsey hosted it this past weekend on NBC, who would it be? It would be me. No no doubt in my mind. I would be the team. Uh... Definitely would be Ike, I love you. You're the absolute best. Want to make sure we get you out of here. I want to thank Believe Network, our producers over at Brinks TV, today's sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show, betonline.ag. I want to thank the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers show. Appreciate y'all. I want to thank everybody who's behind the scenes. I want to thank you, Mark. I want to thank Believe in Steelers podcast. I want to thank uh, everybody who's been tuning in. Make sure y'all give us a five-star rating. We will continue to give you insightful uh, information with a lot of personality. Greg Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching the Believe in Steelers show. We'll see you next time. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.